We are glad that you are with us today. If you are brand new to the church, this is our first day in this building. My name is Jeff Kerr. My wife, Christy, was up here a little bit ago. We planted this church five, just over five years ago in Farmington. We've been Farmington natives for a long time. We had been meeting at the Methodist Church just down the road, and uh, we've been dreaming of this building for even more than five years. Probably six, seven years ago was the first time we um, dragged... My brother-in-law, Rick, over here, who's a, real, a realtor, Rick Ketterling's here. He helped make this happen. Let's thank him for... Rick is nice enough to um, my wife, Christy, that anytime she thinks, hey, there's a house, maybe we should move. And Rick and I both know there's no chance we're buying this house, but Rick's nice enough to go show us the house, and we wander through, and, and that's kind of how that works. And then this building was, again, the same thing. For a lot of years, it was just like, I don't know if this thing's ever going to happen, and Rick was with us every time showing us this building. So um, we have been dreaming about this building probably six, seven years, and then we, we purchased it almost to the date one year ago today, and then we had no idea it would take us a year to renovate it and finish it up and have church services, but we are glad to be here. Um, but it was well said by a few people this week. We're, we're excited about this building. This building turned out great. We love how it turned out. But more than that, we're excited about the people in this church. We think that God is putting together a really great community of people, and you are a part of that, so we want to thank you for being a part of that. Um, if you're new, we would love to have you jump in and join, join our family. We really are trying to be a community of people. We do life together. We help each other grow in faith. And then we are in the community as well, meeting needs in the community and reaching, reaching those in the surrounding area and, uh, and beyond that. So we are glad you're with us today. We are celebrating a lot of wins being here. Just the fact that we made it, that we got all the dust out of this building. It took a long time to do that. And we were looking back at some pictures, the before and after pictures, and man, it, it has been a transformation. We're celebrating that. Financially, we were a part of a giving campaign that many of you were a part of over the last couple of years. And so because of that, we, we still were able to, we paid for the building, you know, with cash, not like an envelope, like, like a box of cash. That would have been awesome though. We had the money to buy the building, and then we took out a loan to cover a lot of the construction. But really, it was made possible because of, first of all, when we took the commitments for this, this two-year campaign, we well exceeded, almost doubled our initial goal. And then in what is pretty unheard of in a lot of churches is that the percentage of gifts that actually came in was really, really high. And so I want to thank you for those of you who were part of that campaign, you, your generosity and just your trust in God. You were able to say, we're going to be generous with our finances and trust that God's going to continue to provide. Even through the last few months, we still saw commitments come in, giving come in. We had a really strong last three months of giving. And that is, you know, we wouldn't have sensed that coming going into a global pandemic season, economic collapse, all of, those, all of those things. You don't plan on those things when you start a building campaign a couple of years ago. But, uh, but we are celebrating the wins, and we are celebrating this community that is gathered together. And ultimately today, as we look in, in God's word at a time, as Big Top Kids Toy Theater told us, at a time where God was fulfilling a promise to the nation of Israel, ultimately we are just celebrating our God, who is faithful, who is true, who is powerful who has provided for us individually as families and as a church. So if you have a Bible or an electronic device that you sometimes use as a Bible, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 3 and 4 today. This is when the Israelites were about to enter the promised land um, and uh, God fulfilling a promise that he really gave to Abraham hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before this moment where he said to Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation, and it's going to start with you and start with your kids and go from there, and he's going to build it into a great nation. And one day they will be in this land, this promised land, as a great nation, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. This is this kind of covenant relationship that God started with his people so long ago with Abraham. And then they took a couple of detours, and there was a couple of delays, very similar to this building construction process, a couple of delays and detours. Um, but we are picking up the story after they've gone through slavery in Egypt, after they have been wandering in the wilderness, they are now going to cross the Jordan River, enter the promised land. This is a big moment. So I wanted to highlight this moment in Scripture today as we, as our family, as our church, are in a big moment entering this, this building, this tool of ministry. 
We're looking at that story where the Israelites, in a big moment, they're going to enter the promised land. So picking up in Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 3. These are the instructions that God is giving to the people. It says this in Joshua 3, verse 3. Giving orders to the people, here's what God said. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Then in verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. We're going to pause there for a minute. First of all, you can see that social distancing was a thing back then too, right? Keep your distance from the ark. This was 2,000 cubits. That's even more than six feet, I believe. But when you hear, uh, if you're new to the Bible, when you read about the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Lord, this was unlike the New Testament church where we are today. We don't believe that the presence of God dwells in this building. We built this building. This building is a tool for ministry. But when we become Christians, believers in Jesus, the new covenant is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, dwells in us. God's presence is in us. Uh, that's what we, we are called, the temples of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was inside the Ark of the Covenant. So that's why, because of awe and respect, because of the power of God, they were told, you can't go near it, even though there were certain people who were allowed to carry it, and they had to put whole uh, poles through these rings and carry it on poles because you could not touch it because it was the very holy, revered, awesome, powerful presence of God. So when you see that, that's why they were doing that. That's why they were told to stay away from it, but also follow it. Be close enough to follow it because he's going to lead you. The presence of God is going to lead you where you need to go. But I also wanted to highlight the verses in verse 5 or the words in verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That word consecrate, it's not concentrate, it's consecrate. It's a churchy word. It means to set yourselves apart or to set, a, set some time apart. Bring God into an otherwise ordinary day. Um, bring God into the details. What Joshua is saying is this is a big, important moment. Don't let it go by without allowing yourself to have some time with God and celebrate. I have been trying my best to do that this week in the ever-growing list of last-minute things to get the building ready. We had a great team of people here, but sound stuff and tech stuff and just trying to figure out the first service, the main air conditioning vents are there, and we didn't have them aimed quite right, so as soon as we start, all the papers went blowing off the stage, and we thought, well, there's one thing we, need, we didn't get right the first time. So um, in all the details of getting a building right and all the things that we have to do, I really tried to remind myself, and I circled that in my Bible, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. I wanted there to just be some moments, just for me personally, where I didn't let the details of everything cloud the significance of what God is doing. I wanted to bring God into this, and not just forget about him as we went through the busyness of this week leading into this building. We tend to do that at times as people. We get lost, especially in a big moment. If there's a big thing that God is doing, a big thing that God is speaking, or you're ready to see a dream fulfilled, we can get so lost in the actual practical things of making it come to pass and seeing it fulfilled that we forget what it's all about. It's about our relationship with God. So I love that Joshua told the people there, tomorrow it's going to be a great day. We're going to walk through some water. We're going to see God do amazing things. We're going to see this dream of a land that's ours fulfilled. So consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart some time to have communion with God, to spend some time with God, bringing God in, recognizing that it, that is the bigger purpose of it all, is the relationship with God. The bigger purpose for what we're doing here in this building is our relationship with God. So I want us to, I'm glad that this moment is here this morning when we can sing our praises and just allow kind of a holy moment to set this building in motion. Thank you. This is good because last three months we've been an online church and I've, I've had to imagine that there was amens happening <laughs> or they were coming in a little bit delayed on the comment feed and I'm like, great, I'll, I'll take that. But um, verse nine, we're going to jump ahead to verse nine of Joshua chapter three. 
Joshua told the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. In Bible college, they never tell you how to pronounce those names, so they just say make it up because chances are nobody in the room is going to know how to pronounce them either. So if you say it with some confidence, they're like, wow, he's a... He's a Hebrew scholar. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan River ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. That's pretty awesome. Joshua's giving the instructions but I love and what I wanted to point out in this is those words in verse 10. Joshua is saying to the Israelites, come here, I got instructions from the Lord. And when you see all these amazing things happening, here's why. And it says that in verse 10. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. Because you're going to see amazing things. You're going to see a miracle. This is how you're going to know that God is powerful in your life because you're going to see the waters part. You're going to see him provide. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all the names of those people groups that I pronounced correctly the first time. Um, he will certainly be with you and he will be with you to accomplish all the difficult things that are yet to come. I love that because it would be easy for the Israelites in that moment to say, we're about to see the promise fulfilled, and then we can just live easy and complacent from there on out, right? But God had a lot of difficult things ahead for the Israelites. This was not, they weren't moving into the promised land. Um, it was not move-in ready. There were people groups and other nations in the land that God was going to have them drive out because this was the land that was set apart for them. It would be like instead of moving into a house that's brand new construction, all ready for you, you were trying to move into the house where all the previous owners were still there and you had to kick them out. That would actually be a pretty fun challenge if you thought about it. It might be a... That's right. That would be awesome, right, Nico? That'd be great. Um, God had difficult work ahead of the Israelites after they entered the promised land. And so I love that he said, when you see the river stop flowing and pile up in a heap. This is not just a moment for that moment. This is not just a moment for you to feel good. It's so that when you get to the difficult days that are ahead of you, you're going to be able to remember, I remember crossing through the Jordan. This is how you're going to know that God is with you and he will be with you and he will help you drive out all these people. Translation is, when you have a moment like this for our church, it's a it's a good thing to look back on. It's a way more than just a moment for today. It's a good thing to look back on and say, coming up when God has difficult things for us, when we walk through a difficult day as a family or as an individual or as a church, we can look back and say, this is how we know God is with us because we've seen him provide. We've seen him do miracles. We've seen him lead us and guide us to this place so that it, when it comes time to a difficult thing in the future, we know he's going to be there. It's the same God. His character does not change. It's those moments that are way bigger than just a moment in and of itself. It is something that adds to our faith. So when you see God do a miracle, when you see God provide in your life, it's not just fun for that moment. It's so that your faith, it's like a snowball effect for your faith. It's trust that is getting stronger. It's faith that is getting bigger because you've seen him do those things. So when you come to the lonely, dark, difficult days, you have that faith that you've seen God be faithful in the past. He does not change. And this is how you know that God is with you because you've seen him be faithful in the past. Amen? So for our church today, it's a big day for our church. And the significance of this day is not just a building, as I've mentioned. It's a journey. We're like the Israelites. We're just getting started in this new location. God has work for us to do. And there is going to be days where it's difficult. But a day like today is a tangible reminder that we know that God is with us and he will continue to be with us as we have the difficult days, some difficult days ahead. But also for your life, individually, your family or your life, there is difficult days ahead and maybe you're walking through that right now. Maybe you're walking through a difficult time. When you can look back and see the times when God has been faithful, 
that just helps you build your faith and your trust so that when you're in a dark season, you can say, yeah, but I know he's been faithful. I know his promise is to walk with me no matter what, to provide for me no matter what, to never leave me or forsake me no matter what. And so you can lean on that and your faith can grow even in the difficult seasons. You can sing of the goodness of God as we have been doing today, even when it doesn't feel so good. You lean on and you remember times when he was faithful and you know, again, that God does not change. His character does not change. And we're going to see this again, how he wants us to um, have that reminder that we can lean on as we look ahead in chapter 4, verse 4. Joshua chapter 4, verse 4, the story continues on. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark. So this is while the ark was still in the middle of the Jordan River. The nation had passed through. God's giving these instructions. Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of Israelites. And then I underlined this, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Why did God want them to bring out stones and make a monument? So that there would be a reminder, that there would be a visible reminder of what God did. There would be a visible reminder so that when they are facing difficult seasons, they could look at that and have a reminder like, oh, that's right, God brought us through miraculously. Verse 6, it says that there would be a sign. When you think of the word sign in a Bible context, I always think like signs and wonders. There were signs and there was wonders, which basically is saying there was evidence that God was doing the miraculous. There was a sign that God was doing the miraculous. That's why he wanted them to bring out as big of a stone as they could carry, pile them up and make a monument so that they could look at that down the road and say, there is a sign that God does the miraculous. And more than just that moment, and more than just for them, but it would be a reminder for something greater than them, those who were yet to come. He says in the future, when your children come to you and ask you, what do these stones mean? You can say, I got a story to tell you. There was this day we had the ark of the Lord and walked through the water and the water piled up here so that the next generation's faith could be built because there's going to be a generation of people that come along that weren't there that day when they walked through the Jordan River. There's going to be a generation of people that need to hear the story of when God delivered them into the promised land. We are going to be a church that's going to be here, and there's going to be generations of people that come after us that weren't here on this day where we got to see God kind of break in the new building. That's why we want to have faith in us that we can continue to see it pour into the next generation. I love at our church we have a big priority on having kids grow up in their faith having kids develop strong relationships with one another that they can spur one another on in their faith because we need the gospel message to not end with this generation. It has to be poured into the next generation. And I love that God said, we're going to build this monument, we're going to build this reminder just for the purpose that when your kids come, you can use that as a reminder of how faithful God is, how he's been faithful to us and how he will be continually faithful in their life. When we view miracles, um, we, we have this with our, with our family. We have four kids. They're, they're, growing, they're growing up. Um, each of our kids have had a moment where we've seen God do miraculous things in their life. So they're like walking, little walking monuments of how God has been faithful. But we use those as reminders to them to say, you know, whichever kid it is, remember when you went through that? Remember how you saw God be faithful there? It's that same idea. I want their faith to be built. So with your kids, I want you to take those moments. Have those moments where you can point out a time where, say, look at what God did then. Even this day today as our church, you can say, look at what God is doing. Look at how God provided. With the goal of having their faith be strengthened. We want a generation of kids and teenagers growing up with a strong faith because they're going to go through days where it's not always a victorious walk through the Jordan River moment. They're going to go to college someday where they're going to hear all sorts of things taught to them, all sorts of different points of view from different friends and professors. And we want their faith to be anchored so that they can stand in the midst of 
whatever they go through, knowing that God is faithful, he is real, he is loving, he has been faithful in the past, and he will continue to do that. So I'm asking you today, in your life, what are the Jordan River miraculous moments that you can look back on and allow your faith to be lifted today? What are the times where you've seen God provide or God do a miracle? I see people, I see faces in the room, and I know some of your stories. I, I'm thinking, I know what they're thinking. I know that story. I know that story of when God provided and did a miracle. Those are there to have you lean on them, to have your faith built. The character of God does not change. It is that same God moving and guiding in you, in your family, in your workplace, so I'm challenging you today because maybe there's some of you that might be thinking, well, I don't have a Jordan River moment. I don't have that. I don't, I've never seen God move in my life. And maybe you're new to faith and this is kind of a new idea to you. I want to encourage you with this. If you have never experienced God moving in the miraculous, again, God has not changed God does not change from the stories we read in Scripture to the God we worship today. So I want to encourage you to take a step, to put yourself in a position where you need God to move in a Jordan River moment. The flow of the Jordan River, if you read the story, it didn't stop moving until those first guys got into the water. There was a step of faith that was required to see God move. So if you do not have those big miracle moments, you've got to put yourself in a position where you see God move. A lot of times we like to take a step of faith only when we have four or five contingency plans ready just in case God doesn't happen, right? We have the safety net there just in case. We feel a whole lot better when we have the safety net of in case God doesn't come through, I can still do this. But I think God allows us to lean on those safety nets and say, you know what, you've got it all figured out. You, you, can, you can use your safety nets. But when he is all we have, when he is all that we have, and we say, God, I, my family's going through this. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm taking a step of faith, a career change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to some sort of step of generosity or obedience or faith or trust. And we say, I'm going to take that step. And God, you're all I've got. If you don't come through, this is clearly not going to work. That is when our faith is built. That is when God responds in those moments. So I want to encourage you, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Take a risk. Maybe there's something that God is challenging you to do and you have just resisted obedience because you are unsure of the result. Just obey. Allow God to move. And then, not only are you going to see him move in that moment, your faith is going to snowball. It's going to be like something, that, oh, wow, that was amazing. Look at what God did. And now I know he is able to move in that way, and you're going to continue to be more willing to obey and to take a step of faith. And this is not just to build our faith. I love that God says it's for those who are yet to come. In the future, there's going to be generations who didn't cross the Jordan, and we are going to remind them of a faithful God. And that is the biggest thing today, the biggest takeaway I want to give today, is this, this day in this building with this congregation of people, we're so glad you're here. This is not about us. This is not about those who are already here. This is about those who are yet to come. This is what the message was to the Israelites. This is a reminder to be there for when the people who are not yet here they come and they hear about God. We got a community of hurting people. We are a part of missions, organizations around the world. And I love there's one other verse that I wanted to share. Talking about God's heart for those who have yet to come. In verse 24, it says this. He did this. God did all of this. So that all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Now, when we say fear, we mean like respect worship. That's what that word means in the original Hebrew. See, Hebrew scholar. Wow. It's amazing stuff. He did all of this so that the people, all the peoples of the earth might know that there is a God who loves them. That there is a God who is powerful. This is God's heart for those who have not yet Come, we are doing all of this and we love that you're here, but this building is about those who have yet to hear the message of Jesus Christ. That's what we are about, amen? This is, a, this is a tool for God to build his church and we build his church by seeing him reach those who have yet to be reached so that all people 
in Farmington would know that there is a God. That is, if I could have this building be about one thing, it would be a reminder that the presence of God is real and that there is a God. For people in our community who are hurting, who are weary, who are lost and anxious and addicted and lonely, that they would know that there is a God who is powerful and loving. But not just in Farmington, but all the peoples of the earth might know. So I love that we're not just about this room, we're not just about this city. We are about the kingdom of God around the world. We support missions organizations. We send missions teams. We're funding different endeavors around the world. We are joining in the larger church around the world, seeing all people coming to know that there is a God. I love it that God sets this in motion. Day one of the promised land for the Israelites and day one of Homestead Community Church in this building. It's about those who have yet to come. It's about those who have yet to come. It's about that all people would see and know that there is a God, that there would be signs that there is a loving God, and that we would be a part of that. And generations that have yet to come would hear about this faithful God. And the darkest places of our town and in our nation and around the world would hear that there is a God who loves them, that there is light in the world, and we get to be a part of that. That's what this is about. We get to be a part of that. So for Homestead Church, this is a big day. But this is about those who are yet to come. And as soon as, as, soon as any church you know, gets into a building, it's, it's, the temptation is to be more about, well, we've got to keep things, you know, what's like on the inside. Turn inward a little bit and the people who are here and make sure we keep things running smoothly and keep everybody happy. And I know full well it's impossible to keep everybody in a church happy. It's never once been accomplished by any church ever. But... It turns inward, and you know when it's turning inward because we start complaining about different things. Well, it's too hot in here right now, and we decided to try the air off. What we didn't want to do is put too much shock into you after the last five summers at the Methodist Church with no air conditioning. We thought if it was too cold in here, you guys might short-circuit, so we're, we're trying to dial that in. We can turn inward and be worried about all the things that are going on in here, and that is when churches start to die off because we are forgetting why we're here. It's about for those who have yet to come. So as big of a day as this is for our church, it's a big day because we want God to build his church with those who are still yet to come. We know that there are people who, are, who have been hurt by religion or by church. There are people who have a roadblock. I've met them in our community, and they, they voice their um, views on church, and I can just tell that they've been hurt by a church somewhere in the past. I want this congregation to be a part of that healing because we've got a great community of people here. I think this community of people would do such a great job at having those people who have been hurt by a church before to communicate, no, this is about a loving Savior. This is about everybody's welcome here. This is about we spur one another on to grow in our faith and to give Jesus every area of our life. I am excited to see this church take part in that. So as we close, I want to just to do a couple of things. I want to mention a couple of things. First, when we were tearing down one of the walls downstairs, that we were pretty sure was not a supporting wall. No, we knew it wasn't a supporting wall. There was this old brick wall, which, you know, this building's 140 years old, so those bricks had been there for a while. We kept a bunch of those, and uh, we smashed a few of them into smaller pieces there in the back corner there with this idea. If you'd like to take one with you today just as a memorial of this day, if you've been a part of giving to this campaign or you were one of the many who spent hours here volunteering and serving, we'd love to have you take one of those. And it might be about a, a, a souvenir from the building. That would be fine. But what I want it to be is more than that, a memorial like the Israelites set up reminding you of this day so that we could look back and say, our God is faithful, our God provides, our God is powerful. So if you want to take one of those home with you as a reminder, as a sign that God is with you, and then maybe someday down the road some kids will come into your house and be like, what's with that old brick in your, on your bookshelf? You'll have a story to tell. You'll say, we know that there is a God who is faithful. So if you'd like to do that, you can take one out there right by the, right by the door there. Even if you're here and you're, you had no part in this building and you're just visiting today, but you would like a little boost of faith and hope, you can take one of those just as a reminder of what God is doing in your life. God is with you. He is bringing you through. 
But also what we wanted to do here at the church is to make a stone memorial that we could keep here. So we have some different stones up here, smaller ones, that we're going to put in a jar. The jar is right here. So first service already beat you to it, second service. Uh, But there's still plenty of room. So as a family, if you would like, or individually, if you would like, Christy's going to come up in a moment. She's going to lead us in a song. There's two buckets of stones. You can write your initials on it or your name and put it in the jar. We're going to display this jar, again, as a reminder of this day. So when there are days when the elevator breaks and when there's people causing problems in the church or there's something going wrong or there's, you know, the difficult days ahead, we can have a visible reminder of the faithfulness of God that he is walking with us, providing for us. So as we sing in a moment, I'm going to close in prayer and then Christy's going to start singing. Um, you can come on up and uh, all of you, just there's two buckets of stones, write your initials or your name on it and then just put it in this jar and then we're going to display that. But let's close in prayer before we do. And let's just take a moment. I would love this to just kind of be a, a moment where you, as God instructed the Israelites, where you consecrate your heart before him where we don't just let this moment pass by, Lord, but we want you to speak to us. We bring you into this moment, this first day in this building. Or maybe whatever's going on in your world, in your life, you bring God in. Allow there to be a moment where your heart is set apart for the things of God, to hear from the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just fill every heart with light and hope and faith and confidence. As you had that message for the Israelites so long ago that you wanted them to know that you are with them and you will continue to be with them. So whatever everybody in this room is walking through right now, the most difficult circumstance represented in this room. You are the same God. You're the same faithful, trustworthy God who is loving and providing and leading and guiding. So, Lord, we take steps of obedience and faith in the midst of a dark season, in the midst of a victory or a defeat, whatever it is, knowing you are the same God, same miracle-working, awesome God. And, Lord, I commit this place to you. We just take a moment as your church... And we set this place apart. We consecrate this room where the gospel will be preached, where praise will be lifted up, where community will be developed, where people will find salvation in you. We set it apart for the work of the Holy Spirit. And we just thank you. We know that there are, we we think of those who have yet to come to faith who are going to find faith in this place. And it's, we are just moved and we are honored that we would get to be a part of it. So we thank you for that. And I pray that you would help us have a a reminder, whether we take something home with us today or however we do it, a reminder that you are the God who is with us and faithful and true in every situation. So I pray that you would ring that true in our hearts this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.